0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to the top Press.com radio
1: network. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Top Rope Nation. We are back here in record time, actually. We just had our last episode on Saturday, and here we are on Wednesday with a new episode. Uh, Kyle, how'd your weekend go?
0: Pretty good, I think.
1: I had a pretty good weekend. Football season's back in full swing, so a lot to pay attention to. Yeah, very busy.
0: I'm very busy. A lot of news that I'm falling behind on. (laughs) And the last Battle of Atlanta I still haven't had a chance to watch,
1: which upsets me. Uh, me either. We're going to get to that, though. We're going to get to a little yeah. bit about the backstory on that later on in the show. So, uh, with that being said, I am Ryan Drosty of TopRopePress.com, joined, as always, by the fifth horseman himself, Mr. Kyle Ross. The fifth? Really? <laughs> the fifth. Who are, are the are... other three? Oh, it was a revolving door. It changes week to week. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Wow. <laughs> so, Raw this week and SmackDown, so we're fresh off of watching both of these shows the last two nights. And I don't know about you, Kyle, but when I was following my social media feeds uh, Monday night, there's a lot of mixed reaction to Raw. Uh, I thought my opinion of the show was a lot different from what I saw from several of the people I follow on Twitter. By the way, cheap plug, follow me at historical Ryan. I thought the first two hours of the show were pretty good. I didn't, I was watching on my DVR. I didn't fast forward all that much. But I thought the third hour was one of the worst hours of the show I have seen in a long time. It was it was almost like they weren't even trying to keep the viewers turned in, you know? Like we had um the Zane Owens match announced as the main event, right? But throughout the third hour it was like everything else was just thrown together. I mean, what do you think about the three hours of the show and how they ranked as far as what was strongest, what was weak? I mean yeah, I
0: completely agree. And The whole three hours is too long has been beaten to death. But this week, I mean, they've done it. I mean, that first one was a decent three-hour show, but of course they, you know, just put all they could into it. It was, this week, it wasn't just that three hours was too long. It was that they just had so many ideas that were terrible on paper, and I just don't know how that makes it through quality control. And with football coming up, it's amazing to me that when the college game went to halftime, raw countered with that old fart segment. Oh my God. Or the old day. Like what a horrible (laughs) move. Like, I mean, you've got to kind of know that that's maybe your, I mean, again, we talked about this last week that the number of people flipping between a football game and raw, it's not what it used to be. It's not a huge difference maker. I don't think, but I don't just, the downward spiral that segment set the show on was, was just horrible. And I, the own Zayn main event was good. I had issues with it happening. I think they, that should not have been given away with no build. It's um, a title match on Raw so quickly. But, you know, the 45 minutes prior, like, they just made you so numb that you kind of didn't even care about the title match. You just sort of wanted the show to be over. Um, you know, to truth be told, other than the universal title change, Last week, I think WWE TV has been pretty bad the last two weeks. It was a rough five hours to start this week. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, well, SmackDown, I mean, again, when SmackDown's bad, per se, it's it's just that it's unspectacular more than – I mean, there wasn't anything like, you know, the Sasha segment or, you know, the old day segment or – uh, Darren Young, Titus O'Neil. There was nothing that bad on SmackDown. I just feel it's been a little more lackluster the last two weeks than it had been you know, the previous three or so.
1: I think SmackDown just feels like kind of a thrown-together house show. Like, they just put it together that afternoon. There's not a lot of direction. Um, nothing you really care too much about. You're not really emotionally invested in any of the storylines. I mean, you can say that for both shows. But, I mean, Raw clearly has... Whether you like the storylines or not, like the superior build, I think right now to what's well, going on, I, I think it's just got better talent. Than yeah, Smack- more SmackDown's depth.
0: issue is, I mean, SmackDown makes the most of what they have. They just don't have a lot right now, especially with Cena out. I mean, there's just not a lot to sink your teeth into. Um, they fill the two hours up pretty nicely. I mean, the show moves along. Um, there's just not a lot newsworthy that happens. I don't know. That's by design or not. Raw always feels thrown together to me. Like, Raw just feels like it's a show that is just kind of being put together on the fly, kind of like an old Nitro. And that was always the old rap on Nitro, that Bischoff was still writing the show while it was going on. And he would just, like, send out the cruiserweights to do a really long match while he could figure out the main event segment for the end of the show.
1: Yeah. I mean, some of that on Raw, though, I mean, they were thrown into a situation where you have the Balor injury it reset kind of a lot of their st- their storylines, so I think they're still kind of recovering from that but I I just tend to feel like when I watch Raw with some of the storylines that go on there's like you kind of think back to what happened you're like oh maybe they did have in mind like what was coming here the Sasha segment it wasn't it wasn't the best thing uh i'll know, say she, that <laughs> she's she's still uh she's still adapting her mic skills but i did yeah. i did see some some positives in that segment see uh,
0: i i did i was shocked when you tweeted that i thought that was just horrible really it wasn't as horrible as the old day segment which i think we can all agree was maybe the worst segment of the year on raw
1: I would agree actively
0: made me not care about a tag team title match, which is not the goal. I mean, that's the thing like you're supposedly building this tag team title match and you have the new day who we said it last week is getting a little stale. That segment did nothing to really help them. And this whole bit that Anderson and Gallo are doing doesn't exactly, doesn't exactly make me want to see them either. Like this is supposed to, and, and if this is building to the chain, the title change that we think it is, I mean, that's just not the way to do it. Now, with the women, I just thought there was it was counterproductive what they did with Sasha. I thought it was a, a ill-conceived idea.
1: I mean, with Sasha, I, I felt like there was some believability in the segment. I mean, almost for a split second, I did wonder, you know, is she going to be out for a long period of time? I didn't really think she was going to retire, uh, but I, did, I didn't know about the injury. That was a... A pretty bad bump she took at SummerSlam, and like I said, she's her weak point by far is the mic work, and well, for a lot of the women, it's the mic work. But I, I felt like she st- she had a just a, a bit of believability this week. Yep. I I I don't have a whole lot of complaints with the segment. I mean. Oh. Overall, I think yeah, when Dana broke came out, then obviously hey, this is all storyline stuff. But I, I, was, I was somewhat emotionally invested in it when I was watching it. Okay, two things. One,
0: I will agree with you that there was a split second where I was like, okay, is she really hurt? Is this something serious? I will, ge- I will concede you that. Um, I feel though that the credit for that goes to the Daniel Bryan and edge segments that they've we've seen in the past yeah so i mean you, um, so you're thinking this, like, this was could supposed be to real. Be, so this though was somebody clearly remembering the mark henry thing here's my problem with this segment and i've said this before sasha banks while very popular with the audience is a heel character and she acted like a heel character again it was a fake out and she basically tricked Dana Brooke, who was being buried badly, by the way. N- not that I'm going to complain about that, but she's being buried pretty unmercifully right now. Um, so somebody's clearly keeping track of how poor her matches have been. <laughs> but it, it just came across as a heel kind of... And, and you, we talk about how she's not comfortable on the mic. I don't think she's comfortable cutting babyface promos is the problem. And my main issue with this whole segment was... We'd already, I thought, had a women's title match announced for Clash of Champions between Charlotte and Becky, or pardon me, Charlotte and Bailey. and it looks like that's just being disregarded, and I guess that Sasha, the word is that she's recovered sooner than they thought, but in retrospect, you just look at the whole storyline, the way it's played out. Why did they even take the title off of her then if she's coming back? I mean, I get that. OK, they thought she might be out for a while, but now she's coming. back. It's just it's become very convoluted and we're just supposed to forget about what we've seen. And they've done a great job building Bailey, by the way, up as the number one contender since Sasha's been gone.
1: Right. That that was my next point is where does this leave Bailey? I mean, personally, if it were me, I would have probably just had Sasha come out as a surprise, maybe in Bailey's corner at Clash of Champions, um, rather than doing this whole storyline and, and, you know, rushing the, the it rematch just feels right needless away. to inject yeah. Sasha in right now. I just don't think it fits what they were doing. Yeah, I... You know, the night uh, we were talking the night of SummerSlam and when when Sasha lost the title, I was going ballistic. Like, why would she lose the title already? And then it came out, well, she's been working hurt, you know, she's taking some time off, possibly going on a honeymoon with her new husband. She's coming back this soon. I agree. What what was the point of her losing the title? I mean, you had The Miz who went for weeks and weeks and weeks as Intercontinental Champion without being on the show, without defending it. So, Really? I mean, she didn't have to. And Rusev right now. Rusev's off on his honeymoon. Right. So, I mean, yeah, she didn't have to drop the title, and it does make that kind of pointless. Or, the thing is, it's
0: like, okay, I'm with you. Like, I was stunned when she lost. I shouldn't say I was, yeah, I was stunned. I was stunned. I mean, we we talked about the odds, you know, the odds, you know, favored Charlotte. I was kind of confounded by that. But, you know, when she won, I was like, well, I guess the odds are right. Yeah. They were, it was okay because they had Bailey coming up. And I thought that the story kind of wrote itself what they had. Bailey then beats Charlotte for the title, which is what the people want. And then Sasha comes back to find her friend Bailey, now as the champion, and is jealous and then turns
1: on her. Oh, that's perfect. I agree. Then you can have Sasha as the heel where she's far more comfortable on the mic. Yes.
0: And then you can basically you know, recreate the dynamic you had down on NXT. But now you've just got a situation where, you know, they've built one person up as the contender, Bailey, but then you just were supposed to kind of just disregard that. And then I would assume Sasha's going to win at Clash of the Champions. And that just makes it even more confusing because you've done all these title changes now that just come across as kind of meaningless. You've been playing hot potato with the title
1: when you didn't have to. Which means that at first glance, we were right. She shouldn't have lost the title at SummerSlam. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Because if, if,
0: the plan was, Meltzer said this, that the plan was all along that they had Charlotte and Sasha on the books for Clash of Champions, which is odd because had Sasha not gotten hurt, one would have thought they would have blown that thing off at SummerSlam. Yeah. I find that odd that Meltzer said that. But okay, you do that. So, but there's, all right, that's the original plan. I get it. But there's just no need to go back to it right now. I just, that my problem with the segment was the direction we were left with. I didn't like it at all. I, I, I don't want Sasha Banks as a viewer right now, just kind of randomly inserted after, you know, kind of, it was kind of like a, a kind of a heel type move where
1: she just deceived everyone. And it wasn't, I, I didn't think it was executed very well at all. Obviously, with Bailey coming up, it, there is no need for Sasha to be a, a face now because they have a top face in the women's division on Raw. Like you were saying with NXT. All right, so when you had Bailey and Sasha in NXT, every single promo Sasha ever cut in that feud is better than everything she's done on the main roster. And that goes back to your point about how much better she is as a heel. So I think you will see a Sasha heel turn here coming up. Um, I don't know how they do it with her kind of... Maybe they could tie in a little bit to her kind of stepping over Bailey to get this rematch right away. Maybe, you know, play into the fact like she didn't even go and talk to her friend about it, didn't acknowledge that Bailey had the title shot. I don't know. But, yeah, overall, it's it's a mess in the women's division yeah, right now. Yeah, you're
0: right. I mean, I guess they could still get there by doing that with... You know, Bailey's saying, hey, you know, I'm real happy for you, Sasha, that you won your title back. But, you know, I was supposed to get a shot. And then, ba- and then Sasha can kind of dismiss her. Oh, you know, and Bailey maybe says, oh, maybe, you know, I can get a shot or a great match. And Sasha's like, oh, I'm not giving you a shot or something like that. I just feel her whole persona. And what's key with Bailey in turning Sasha heel is Bailey's probably the one character who can get the audience to accept Sasha in the heel role. Because the problem, I mean, Sasha is liked by the audience. Yeah. Regardless, of the fact that she's better as a heel, and she's a more her, her, the whole boss persona as a heel persona.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, be, you know they have to be careful in doing that because well then she has to be opposed by somebody who the crowd's still willing to cheer, and Bailey's obviously that person. There's probably no one else who could um, make that transformation for Sasha work so well. I think so. I mean that's the direction I think that you'd like to. CN raw what the title is is bailey and sasha and uh i i hope they do it right because it seems very convoluted right now but there seems like a lot of convoluted title programs quite frankly in the
1: wwe these days i will say that i'm a little surprised at how well bailey has translated to the main roster because i thought i mean i've talked about this with people for a long time that you know when when she finally comes up to raw or smackdown i'm not sure the character is going to translate in, in in the arena of you know fifteen twenty thousand people like it does at full sale. And they, yeah, they I mean to be positive they've done a really good job with her since they brought her up and character has translated well. I mean you could make an argument outside of maybe Kevin Owens and Balor. I mean Bailey's definitely translated to the main roster better than most NXT call ups, I and mean, we could do a whole show on. How some of these NXT call ups, they just, the whole act just, just falls flat once you get to the main roster. I mean, I was kind of surprised, even with Balor, he got big reactions, but not as big as I thought he would when he debuted.
0: Yeah. I mean, people need to remember that the NXT audience basically represents what a third of the Raw or SmackDown audience, I think is what it works out to. Yeah. So that at- two thirds of the people don't know who the heck these guys are. Yeah. And they're looking around and the other third like knows everything about them. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah, go ahead. If you look at the subscriber numbers and you compare that to the Raw viewership, yeah, you're like about a third. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a great point you make about some of these
0: NXT gimmicks not translating well to the main roster. I mean, the two that come to mind are Adam Rose and Tyler Breeze. Oh, yeah. Which were complete disasters. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, this gimmick's so great. And then, you know, I didn't think it was, you know, and Bo Dallas didn't tra- hasn't translated well either. No. Uh, by the way, you know, remind me next time I'm, you know, I, I need a boost at my job. I'm going to get drunk on an airplane and then, you know, I'll be rewarded the next <laughs> week. I and mean, wow, that was unbelievable. I thought for sure when he came out and was working against a jobber that he was going to lose and they were going to punish him. Didn't you? I uh, Yeah. Cause I was, that's the way they usually do it. Yeah. I was like, Oh, this is going to be like a one, two, three kid type deal. Yeah. With razor Ramon. And then he like just destroyed him. I'm like, what? I'm like, Bo Dallas has never been portrayed that strong. <laughs>
1: And he had the Donald Trump signs. Yeah. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, honestly, but he had the signs and stuff, but it's still the same character. It's still the Bo Leaf stuff that nobody cares about. And it's just like, why even bother?
0: Yeah, well, it's interesting. Like, you know, WWE creative deserves a lot of shit. But some of those NXT gimmicks, I actually didn't think would translate that well. Like Tyler Breeze. I mean, I'm not saying that the guy's gotten a fair deal on the main roster. But I didn't see him as anything more than low mid-card anyway. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he kind of had an okay presentation, and, you know, the selfie stick thing was kind of amusing, I guess. But I mean, that's not a main event character. And his work, truth be told, in the ring isn't at a level where he can overcome that, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like he's a super worker, it's not like he's, you know, one of the top 10 workers in the company. I'm sorry, he's just not. Yeah. I mean, you're right. We could do a whole show on that with NXT um, and sort of the disconnect with the main roster that, you know, the guys that are making it um, big in NXT, you know, I mean, hell, if you look at the last TakeOver show, all the guys featured on that show were not guys they developed. They were guys that they went out and got from that had already been established, whether it be TNA or Japan or other indies. Those are the guys who are working. It's not, they're not really developing guys. And if you look at SmackDown, you know, they called Apollo Cruz up way too early. He's a guy who could be used way more. I wrote it last night in the report. He could use a ton more seasoning. But, you know, they call him up too early and now he's floundering on the main rosters. And now the crowd won't accept him. He, the,
1: yeah, the problem with Cruz is he just has no, no character at all. Like, why, why are we supposed to be invested in this character? Yeah, that's why what do we I care? Wrote. He walks out, he smiles, he's a good guy. That's about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, oh, this is a nice guy, and he can do flips. Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, there's a lot of nice people that can do flips on this roster. Why do I care about this one more? Mm-hmm. And he loses too, so he's a loser. I don't like him. <laughs> I mean, no one likes losers. I <laughs> mean, no. I mean, seriously. I mean, that sounds it, like a Donald Trump speech. Yeah. Right I mean, there. I, I'm sorry. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, you know. I mean, as much as they think, oh, you know, Triple H was talking, tuss- oh, you know, these guys they lose sometimes. It really builds sympathy. Ah i'll beg to differ on that not if it's every other match (laughs) yeah or every match yeah you know i mean you're right yes there are some guys who that's worked with but more often than not you know guys need to win to stay over unless if they're super charismatic like you know everyone brings up um the rock like in 99 when he first turned face like he lost kind of a lot Mm -hmm. that year but he was also the rock
1: yeah, like a you know, once Apollo in a generation. Apollo is not
0: The Rock. You know, <laughs> Apollo Crews does not have the charisma and promo ability that The Rock did. Yeah. So when he loses, he's kind of DOA. Yeah.
1: Well, I just put up the ratings figures for Monday Night Raw. We should have SmackDown later on, but uh, you can check this all out at com. Raw came in with 3.069 million viewers, which was down. Uh, just under 400,000 from last week where they did a little over 3.4 million. So, I mean, it was a holiday, but most people on Labor Day are doing stuff during the day, not at eight o'clock at night. So I'm not sure how much the holiday has to blame for it. There was a college football game, like Kyle said. Um, let's see. Was that Virginia Tech? No, it was, uh, Florida State Ole Miss. Oh, Florida State. It, which yeah. was a competitive game. That's it was right. A really good game. Yeah. But next week they're going against, uh, Monday night football for the first time. Yeah. so if two they're playing, yeah if it's a double header and the second game
0: will start right around the time like during the dreaded third hour of raw so that could be real trouble even though the, the second game is a real dog game the rams and the niners um anyone who follows the nfl knows those are two of the worst teams yeah well other than my bears but we won't talk I about think that. the bears will be okay this year i think all <laughs> signs
1: point to them to improve it's only a question of to what degree I think they'll improve, but I'm not that hopeful. We'll
0: well, see. I think the, the defense will
1: be decent. I do have the Cubs, so hopefully you the, they'll I mean, hold me you over. You
0: trust me. Well, when, when you've got one good team, just follow that team. That's what I always tell people. Like, I live here in Cleveland. Everyone wants to talk about the Browns. I'm like, why would you talk about the Browns? They're no good. We just have a basketball team that won the world championship. First time this city's won anything in a billion years, and the Indians are in first place. Who cares about the Browns?
1: Yeah. The Browns, they're a horrible team. Well, I'm hoping my Cubs hold me over till at least early November. Knock on wood. Well, it's funny. I mean,
0: living in a city where, I mean, at least in Chicago, like a lot of the teams have, you know, won. I mean, I don't know how much you, I mean, I assume maybe you've, you've, you like the other teams, like maybe the Bulls and yeah. Uh, I don't know, the Blackhawks. I have friends in Chicago. They love the Blackhawks. But, you know, there's been a lot of championships in Chicago. I mean, this just in, there were six of them in the 90s in the NBA. <laughs> So but Cleveland, we didn't have anything in my lifetime. So it was just the one. I mean, I but I I bring that up because obviously the idea of the Cubs being an overwhelming favorite to win the World Series seems so unnatural. But, man, they are. They are. I mean, there's just no the, the gap between them and the second best team is gigantic.
1: The thing I love about it is, you know, for years and years, I was telling all my friends, like, just wait. The Cubs got this great minor league system, and everyone kind of looked at me like, oh, yeah, whatever. And it's like, oh, you just wait. They got a juggernaut brewing. And now it's like they should be at least in the conversation for the next six to eight years, at least. So I have a buddy who
0: has season tickets, and I think it was three years ago he joked with me that for his son's kindergarten raffle, he like gave cubs tickets they, they couldn't give him away like he like joked the teachers like nobody wants this like this is offensive that you would like do this and like now like you, you know people are probably like knocking on his kicking his door and trying to get the t- tickets so yeah it's a big turnaround yeah so well if, if only the wwe could manage its call-ups
1: the way the chicago cubs have <laughs> maybe they should hire theo epstein See yeah. what happens. Yeah. Put Theo in charge of recruiting for NXT. Decent looking guy. You know, they'd hire him. <laughs> so, yeah, our, our figures were down. Um, and, you know, like we said, football, the, you know, how much does that affect Raw's ratings? It's kind of minuscule compared to what it used to be, but if the higher ups at WWE are all blaming the drop in audience this week on, well, we went up against a tough college football game. Then they have another thing coming with Monday night football next week. So, yeah.
0: And we learned that the real reason, um, last week's show went up, I thought the third hour out steady was because they had something good to promote. I mean, what a foreign concept that is. Yeah. That, you know, people are actually looking forward to the main event. The I audience mean, actually grew last week throughout the yeah. show. And that was the first time in a long time. Yeah. And this, I mean, you know, again, Owens and Zane, that could work, but it's just kind of a
1: thrown together thing. Eh, not so sure about that. Owens and Zane could work if you didn't have to sit through the old day, if you didn't have to sit through, uh, was it yeah, Sin Cara that's the thing to and Who Braun the Strowman? To watch
0: the, I mean, I mean,
1: Think about it. I'm sure you watch other TV
0: shows besides wrestling, right? Oh, when I have time. (laughs) Yeah, and I I know there's a lot of hours of it, but do you ever watch a TV show, like keep watching it, if like 45 minutes of it straight has been horrible? Like think about that. Yeah. Like you never, like if you were watching a show, and granted, you know, most just normal TV shows aren't longer than an hour, but if you watched a show and for 45 straight minutes it was awful, would you keep watching it?
1: not no chance
0: yeah no chance in hell
1: no nope. <laughs> insert theme song yeah. yeah so yeah that was the third hour was brutal to get yeah. through but I mean did you think the first two hours are pretty good because I actually I didn't find myself fast-forwarding through too much during the first two hours we had that the opening segment with Rollins and Owens was pretty good um, it was hot that was a hot segment the backstage segment that opened the show with Stephanie and Foley uh, I don't know how many takes that took but they did have a pretty good serious tone going with the promo. I mean, for a wrestling, uh, not promo, but backstage segment, you know, they had a pretty good. It was, it was acted pretty well, I will say. Some I, I of the thought, some of the statements they made during it were kind of confusing, but I mean, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, the whole bit that we're supposed
0: to believe that Stephanie doesn't know what Triple H's intentions are when we all know they're married. I mean, yeah. I know that this is TV, and their actual married life isn't part of a TV narrative, but like any audience person with half a brain's like well they're married they live together like do they not talk about it you know did triple h not like i mean is he like just on the road is he ignoring his wife and not telling her did that like that's just kind of silly to me well, i mean Nick we foley. are talking
1: about a wrestler that's not really that i mean on the road ignoring their wife isn't that like what every wrestler does yeah well yeah that's true <laughs> triple to tread lightly though um
0: Mick foley i thought this was maybe his best week in that gm role i agree I I think the bit where he over, quote unquote, overruled Stephanie and uh, delivered the no, he's not in regards to Rollins not being suspended, I thought was good. And the crowd reacted big to that. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought the entire just because you had a new champion, um, it just felt different. It felt okay, As much as, you know, Triple H not being there. You know, you can kind of drive a truck through some. You know, that's the the plot lines there. I actually liked that in the sense that it let Owen's character breathe, because and not just sort of be a backdrop for a Triple H Stephanie storyline. I thought that was. I think I thought keeping off Triple H off TV actually worked for Owen's character this week.
1: We talked about that last week about how you know mm-hmm. with Triple H, can he kind of um, out? You know, did he outdo Kevin? Last week when uh, Owens won the title, but Triple H is really the the star of the show. Was he the real champion, you know? And uh, we talked about how, um, was this going to set up another McMahon storyline where that's the focal point of the show? So yeah, I agree. I was was glad he wasn't on the show. I saw some other people saying like, I think actually Meltzer wrote this in his um, article about the ratings. He said the fact that there was no payoff from the Triple H involvement last week is maybe why the uh, audience... Tuned out throughout the show i don't think that's why i think it's because the show was poor yeah i mean i could kind of see that i mean i think that's what i mean they
0: promoted it clearly at the top like what the heck is this happening i mean it was clearly the intrigue at the same time i guess like moving forward it's still something you're interested in mm-hmm. maybe they're just holding that off to go against the football game that's when he returns i the monday football level order, i should say yeah i guess um Owens, though, it's funny. I think all the reasons that were, you know, people cited for him being the correct choice to win that four-way, he delivered this week. I mean, th- this guy is just fantastic.
1: I got to ask you, did you order the, your uh, Kevin Owens Show t-shirt yet? I did not. <laughs> I have a surprisingly,
0: uh, I don't wear a lot of t-shirts in general, to be honest with you. Um, so I have a surprisingly low volume of wrestling t-shirts. I have the standard purple macho man. Oh yeah. I got that one. I have the original DX t-shirt. Nice. I have like this is like my only oddball one. I have the six pack NWO t-shirt with the, with the pool ball on it. Yep. The Sean Bolton one. I was the (laughs) only one who did it. I think like my mom had to order it like over the phone (laughs) when I was in high school. And I think, like, like she started, like, laughing at the other person. Like, I always, like, imagined that, like, where the operator was like, wow, we've never had anyone order this one before. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then I think I have, like, a couple others don't bring. I'm always mad I I had a Coco Beware one as a kid that I don't know where the heck I happened to it.
1: I buy way too many of them. And okay. a lot of them go unworn for the most part for a long time <laughs> but i'm not gonna lie i thought that kevin owens shirt the new oh, one, that was, it was a great good shirt. Shirt. yeah i just yeah i didn't i didn't i didn't get it yeah i mean it was just yeah he, he was
0: tremendous i thought jericho was very good on raw i mean if we want to be positive for a little bit we should be positive
1: the owens jericho stuff is awesome and i'm i'm gonna come out right now and admit a couple weeks ago on the show when they put these two together i was really down on it like oh, kevin owens could be in the main event picture why is he in this thrown together tag team Well, part of it's because now he's the universal champion. So, hey, they have done something with him on the singles scene. But at the same time, also, man, that stuff that they do backstage is hilarious. It's always one of the highlights. I really like the Jericho stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've said this before, I think,
0: on the show. But as Jericho's ring work has gone down, and it certainly has this year, I think it's, you know, one could argue that he might be at his career in a deer when it comes to in ring work. He's the one, well, I shouldn't say he's the one guy. He's one of the guys that really has, knows his character and what he's supposed to do on a weekly basis. I, I think the character is great. The, the, the in-ring, eh, he's, he's, you know, he's had better days, but his stuff's really good. He's got a very well-defined heel character, and, he, and here's the key. He plays a heel. He doesn't try to play like a cool heel that's trying to get the cheers. We talked about that with Triple H last week. He plays a heel, and yeah. he does it very well. I thought, I thought that line he gave to Foley. He's like, "What is Sammy Zayn a holy Foley mark?" I thought that was absolutely <laughs> tremendous. That was good. I agree. That and the bit insane. about uh, walking up and referring to Owens as quote the longest reigning Universal oh, Champion of all time.
1: I popped on that. Yeah, that, that was I mean great. That, that
0: stuff was really really good. <laughs> Can you believe this? Who the hell do you think you are, Foley, huh? Disrespecting my best friend and the longest reigning WWE Universal Champion in history? Huh? Seven days. Yeah. How dare you? you know- um, the, the, so, and I'm glad that they're, they're linking those two together because I think there's a lot of potential. I, I was kind of high on that before. I, I had actually had that idea. I think um, I had written to somebody before uh, that they should have been a team even before they teamed up. i I've got, I've got uh high hopes for him. They're two good, two good people in the heel
1: role. And obviously we got the uh, potential match down the road too. So that gives him a ready made challenger if he holds the belt for a long time. So
0: yeah, that's people want to see they
1: have it. Jericho like turn. Yeah, you're right. That's another,
0: another thing. Yeah. Um, I thought as far as challengers go, Seth Rollins, I was pleasantly surprised by how he was portrayed this week.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it looks we talked about it last week. It looks like he's kind of playing into a babyface role now. But at the same time, it just makes me like want to slap myself <laughs> because again, this guy was ready for the best babyface run they've had in in years when he first came back, turned him heel, and now it's like they look like they're possibly on board with making him a babyface again, but it's going to take a lot more work now to get that crowd behind him like they were a couple months ago.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, the- Again, when somebody's over as a baby face, I said this on the show last time, you got to roll with it. And the crowd was way more into him as a baby face two months ago. Now, that's not to say that he can't maybe get back over to that level, but he'll need something. You know, I mean, the key is he's probably not winning the title soon. Mm -hmm. um, And I'm not sure, you know, what the spark is that could get him back to the level that he was when he first came back. To be honest, I don't know if there is anything. I mean, you know, the comeback pop is one of the biggest pops you can get if you've been off. He you know, shows you the value of WWE TV these days. Um, there is a potential feud with Triple H down the line. Maybe that gets him to where he needs to be. But um, I thought overall he was pretty good. The only thing I didn't like that he did. I mean, this isn't on him. I'm sure he was scripted to say this, but when he came out initially. And kind of like dismissed Owens being the champion saying, oh, this isn't about you. It's not about the champion. This is about me and Stephanie, which is, you know, basically telling the audience, oh, well, Stephanie's acceptance is more important than being WWE champion, um, which we all know it is. But it, it shouldn't be at least portrayed on television that way. Mm hmm.
1: So, uh, the rest of the first hour, which I thought was pretty good to open the show, you had Charlotte and Bailey in a, That was a good match. Yeah. yeah pretty good match. <laughs> Bailey got the it's win not really after. building anything anymore, apparently. What's
0: that? I said, of course, it's not building to anything,
1: apparently, anymore. <laughs> the fact that she'd just been the champion. Yeah. I mean, it's building into the Charlotte Dana stuff, which, you know, I got to say, I really like what Charlotte's doing with that storyline. I think she's making the best of it. I think her, uh, her heel promos have gotten a lot better than they were a couple weeks ago. Well, they couldn't or get been better than they I mean, were a couple months ago. A couple I mean, months she ago. She was
0: really, really bad. I mean, when I thought the idea of replacing Ric Flair with Dana Brooke was a disaster.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I just didn't understand it at all. I mean, well, the the one thing is obviously Dana can work and do jobs, and you know, Ric Flair can't. But um I just thought as far as the presentation of the entire Charlotte package goes with such a downgrade, but yeah, her heel work has gotten a lot better now.
1: I mean, what what female on the roster would you say is better on the mic than Charlotte? Because I can't think of That's any. That's a kind of a low bar, so it's great. <laughs> I mean, I I mean, mean as I mean, far as, no as, as in offense, that division, I think God
0: bless them all. I mean, God bless them. They're trying.
1: Are they're you sure all, you, don't want, mean, watched, you, sure you watched, don't want to say Carmela? Are you sure you don't want to say Carmela? I
0: just watched Smackdown, Ryan. and it, <laughs> My God, that opening segment just. I
1: mean,
0: you know, even Becky Lynch, like her lines are bad. Yeah. Naomi's clearly the worst, though. They didn't even let her speak, which was for the best, because <laughs> I don't know if you caught her appearance at the comment at the announce desk two weeks ago. Oh, my God. I don't even know if this woman knows
1: how to speak. I'm pretty sure I fast forwarded on the TV. Oh, it was her part. bad. Like they asked her a question
0: like. Her response made no sense. I think it was like, Are you looking forward? I think the question was something like, Are you looking forward to wrestling Natty next week? And I don't think she could formulate a response. <laughs> I think it was like, You know it. Or so. I was like, Oh, Jesus.
1: <laughs> yeah. So oh, uh, I guess Charlotte is the best on the mic. Well, they're clearly bearing Dana, like you said. And she, yeah, I mean, you know, she's, she just looks like, I don't know. She just looks like a beaten confident. woman right now, and I, I.
0: It's funny because like I was like so like God, why would you call another one that they called up too soon? Why would you call this woman up? She's not ready. She can't have quality, uh, passable matches. But now I actually feel sympathy for, her, which I guess is what you're supposed to feel. But um, I don't know if it's in a good way, like that. I want her to win. I just kind of like feel bad for her because this is like such a Vince thing where he earmark someone for a certain spot on the card like a higher position on the card the person fails and then he like takes it out on them and then just like completely goes in the opposite direction and just like beats them every week until you like don't care about the person at all anymore
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know that that's the uh oh god uh, the drew mcintyre syndrome
1: <laughs> jeez uh what'd you think about the uh the Jericho Rollins match. I mean, I thought I didn't think it was anything special, but it was pretty good. No, it was good. I mean, it wasn't like an all-time great pay-per-view
0: match. They're capable of better, but I think again, you saw um, how good Rollins can work as a babyface. Mm-hmm. Like, he has a very good babyface move set.
1: Yeah, he totally worked this match face. It, this was uh, kind of what opened or started out the second hour of the show. Um, Rollins won. Just a, that was like a little over a ten-minute match, I think. 12, 13 minute match, um, and then we got to what the internet is freaking out about. We had Sheamus and Cesaro with Sheamus going up 3-0 in the best of seven series. All yeah. hell has now broken loose on Twitter and yep. Reddit. Oh really? I, I see. I steer
0: I steer clear of that Reddit. <laughs> Every once in a while, things brought to my attention, but it never like Im- the discussion never really impresses me. No, it's it's. I mostly go there for comedy. Okay. Um. Yeah, well, I, you know, even like, I shouldn't say people I know, but people who know people I know, like just had bad, they're like, what the hell? Cesaro's down 3-0, what, are they burying him? What, you know, I heard his conscience. No, they're not burying him. Do you, have you never watched the best of seven before? This is the way it goes.
1: Cesaro and, is
0: about to become the 2004 Red Sox. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting if he does go, he should go over, I think, because uh, I just don't know what. The ceiling on Sheamus is anymore. I, I think Sheamus. You know, you and I, I think disagree a little on this. I think he's got. Well, I shouldn't say he's got a higher upside because I don't know. Like I just that contradicts what I said. I don't know what his upside is, but I think he's a little more talented of a performer than he's given credit for. He was pushed too quickly. There's no denying that. But I think right now, I mean, these matches have been good. I actually enjoy this series. That they, they, they kind of work them different every time. Um, they had Cesaro come out. And, you know, he was kind of trying to get the quick pins, which was a cool little story, I thought. And then he
1: sold the back. And that's what um, resulted in the fall. It's not so much that I, you know, I don't think Seamus is talented or anything. It's just that I think the ship has sailed on the character years ago. I don't think anyone really cares about the character. I think he's a mid-card talent through and through. Yeah, I mean, he's just there. um,
0: And, you know, he's always kind of been pushed more than maybe he's over. Yeah. I'll concede that. And another thing, too, is, what is this? Like, he's turned a lot of times, too. That's always the depth. Like, I always thought that, like, you know, if a character was able to have one good baby face run and one good heel run, that's a hell of a career and a promotion. Now, the industry is much different now because there's only one big national game in town. But, I mean, when you get to these guys who have been around for years and they've been, like, a heel three times and a face three times. There is something to your point where it's like, you know, I've just seen this before, been there, done that. Yeah. I I mean, how many times has he turned realistically? I mean, he came in as a heel.
1: Um, I don't remember. I mean, I I know they've tried to run him face a bit, but yeah, I mean, there was that there was that disaster with Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember him ever getting a solid face reaction, though.
0: No, I mean, again, well, their intention was during that, you know, that squash of Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 28 was to launch him as the next big baby face. And that completely backfired. It was so bad. Yeah. Terrible. I remember the next night on raw when he was like standing there, with that dumb look on his face. I almost like <laughs> felt really bad for him yeah. because it was like, and I think Daniel Bryan was in the ring. Cause it, those two are quite friendly. You know, um, if I remember from Brian's book and, um, and, like, you know, Brian was standing there like, boy, you got no chance tonight. <laughs> the night after WrestleMania. Yeah. But, yeah, um, we should also report that uh, Cesaro was actually already won um, match number four. It took yeah. place at to Arena this afternoon while we were recording. So it's 3-1 the series. They they had to do that at the house show, I guess, to um, get it so the seventh and deciding match could take place at Clash of Champions, I would assume.
1: Yeah, that was my thought. Yeah, you can find a full report of that London show, com. So, yeah, it is now three to one and cesaro continues on the comeback trail so you had that in the second hour um we had enzo and big Cass taking on the shining stars watched on dvr not gonna lie i fast forwarded right through that what are they (laughs) all right we're gonna can we just talk about the tag team division in one fell swoop here
0: all right they're screwing this whole damn thing up and they had three over teams like really over teams like, Raw had the three top teams in the company. New Day, Anderson, Gallows, Enzo and Cass. And they're screwing this whole damn thing up. First, I think we can agree that New Day should have probably already dropped the
1: titles. Oh, yeah. Long overdue.
0: Yeah, I mean, G- Gallows and Anderson, when they came in and just dominated, the, I mean, they looked to me like a team that was just going to win the titles pretty quickly. And they should have, truth be told. And, like, Enzo and Cass, what are they doing losing to the Shining Stars? <laughs>
1: Like, what I have you no like, freaking
0: clue. I, I cannot like, explain this. I get that. You've got the limited <laughs> roster with the brand split, so you can't afford to just be treating certain acts like complete jobbers. But I mean, the shining stars are bad. Yeah. They're not over a lick. No, I mean, and it's not like with the WWE's resources, they can't just go out and get other teams be honest. I, I just think that like they need to be progressing this
1: tag title picture in raw in the right direction and it just feels like we're in quicksand like they have a three-hour show and the shining stars didn't even get their entrance on television yeah <laughs> They came yeah. back from commercial they're already in the ring
0: yeah which which pigeonholes again like i mean i guess they just wanted to do kind of a surprise but enzo and Cass are really over they aren't the act that should be you know losing when they don't have to yeah but to me i mean like Aren't isn't the long game Enzo and Cass as tag team champions? You would think. 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 I, I mean, mean, like to me, it's set up nice. Like if I'm in the raw creative room a couple weeks ago, or a month ago, or two months ago, and I'm like, look, like right at the draft around the draft time, and I'm looking, at, I'm like, okay, we got New Day now as the champs. We got Anderson and Gallows. We got Enzo and Cass. This is very simple. Yeah. We have Anderson and Gallows win the titles pretty quickly, and then we build, and you know maybe they can do some rematch with New Day, but. Clearly, you know, then we go to Enzo and Cass is the top baby face team. And they're just like dragging their heels with it. And if they drag their heels too long, people aren't going to care anymore.
1: Well, I think Anderson Gallo should have won at SummerSlam. No question. Um, now we're in a situation where people don't care about the damn match because they're doing stuff like the old day. Oh, God, that's what I'm getting to. They this is one of the worst burials of a tag team I've seen in a long time. I mean, imagine a year ago thinking, all right, WWE is going to get the Bullet Club, two of the core members of the Bullet Club, and they're going to send them out to the ring and they're going to cut Vince McMahon humor promos about old fart. (laughs) And Vince is going to be laughing hysterically backstage, but nobody the it's just deathly silent. Nobody cares at all. And then they bring out the new day. They're dressed up like old people. I'm not going to lie. Once I saw this, I I fast forwarded through most of the segment. It was just so bad. Like, what are they thinking?
0: So, you know, like sometimes when you know something's coming. Yeah. But it's still like really good. Like it's like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, what's coming, but you like really enjoy it, even though you know, it's coming. Mm hmm. This was the opposite of that. Oh, yeah. This was, you knew, as soon as they were talking about, oh, we retire people a New Day, you're like, oh my God, they're going to do something called the old day. <laughs> like, I just knew it. And like, my eyes were closed and I was like, this is so bad. Do you know what the problem was? You know how we talked about, what was it, two or three weeks ago? I like how these conversations keep coming up. <laughs> it shows I'm paying attention, number one. But like, we talked about how some stuff from the Attitude Era doesn't age well. This is this, like
1: right out of the Attitude Era. Yes.
0: Yeah. So, you know what I think, like, I thought about it. Remember, I'm sure you do, the DX parries of both the nation and the corporation. Oh yeah. Okay, have you watched those Well, I,
1: I don't uh I don't actively go back and watch that on the network, but I have seen clips of it here and there. They like to show brief clips of that in okay. some of their montages. Yeah. Okay, well they're not funny. No. Like, remember, like, at the time,
0: everyone's like, oh, this is so funny. And I, you know, I remember, like, with the Nation one, like, I remember kind of, like, laughing at the time, too. And maybe even the Corporation one. They're not funny in retrospect, like, at all. Like, the Nation one is, like, basically Triple H cutting, like, poop jokes about The Rock. (laughs) Like, it's really, like, it's like, oh, you should have smelled what The Rock was cooking. Like, that's not funny in 2016 at all. Like, it's really bad. Yeah. I mean, I remember whoever was D-lo was funny in that sketch. That was okay. That was the like the okay part. Remember, was, was it Road Dog? He just like kept running up the ropes and mm-hmm. like acting like That was okay. But like it, those things have not aged well at all. And I, the problem is, I think Vince still thinks they're funny.
1: That's the that's the one constant right there. Is the like, people who write this are writing to Vince because that's it, his sense of humor. Like, he thinks it's hilarious. Not, like not. you can't do like comedy doesn't age well. Like people like
0: a lot of my. Uh, friends give me like crap because like I'll just like they'll talk about like how great these comedies were from the 80s and I'm like you know I watch it. it's it's really not that funny anymore.
1: <laughs> well I hope but to I, God it, they're listening to the audience on this stuff because that place was just dead
0: yeah I mean and they just the fact that they went back to old fart like in front of a live audience yeah after like how bad that segment looked the previous week in the pre-tape is just like so tone-deaf
1: did you, uh, if you haven't, if you have this on your DVR, go back and just closely watch Luke Gallo's face as he says that line. Because when he says it, he has a look come over his face like, you gotta be <laughs> freaking kidding me. Like, they're making me say this. I mean, this this is not hard. These guys were the bullet club. This is the group in New Japan that just destroyed people. Why did they, do they make this so hard them on themselves? When they I don't debuted. get it. When they came out and just destroyed the Usos, remember that? Yeah, like they looked so good. Should have been like that every week. It just just booked them as badass heels. It's not that they don't have everything. Doesn't have to be comedy in wrestling. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, everyone says like Anderson's kind of a funny guy.
0: Yeah, but like nobody can make this funny. No. (laughs) I mean, this was just it's just so ill. It's it's like the segment with Sasha. The whole like oh we're gonna like spoof you know the daniel bryan and edge retirements to get people to think you know she's gonna retire but she's really not it's just a poor idea
1: mm-hmm. like you know i mean that's on the creative side of things yeah i mean it doesn't matter who's it's it's the material i mean you can have uh you know you have dave chappelle out there you have robin williams out there some of the best comedians of all time if they're delivering this crap material nobody's gonna laugh it's horrible Horrible, horrible, horrible. I, was, I mean, the spelling worst part out of raw. old fart. Like, I just can't think of anyone who thinks that's funny. <laughs> Imagine I mean, like, sitting around in the writing meetings and it's like, all right, what words can we put in here with these letters to make this acronym work? When I
0: wrote that update on toprowpress.com about complaining about that Dudley segment about how it won't lead to anything and it was just needless and it was just a missed opportunity. I never would have imagined a million years this was kind of the residual we get. Like this is actually way worse than anything
1: I could have conceived at that time. <laughs> so one of the worst segments on Raw in a long time. Um, then we had – And the problem is it
0: makes you not want to watch the tag team. Like it's oh, supposedly yeah. building to this big tag team title match that you now don't want to see because you remember old fart.
1: Yeah. yeah. Nobody takes them seriously. It just kills them, buries them uh let's see we had a nia jack squash somewhere in there um that was also in this disastrous third hour uh we let's see we had sincara they
0: can they can actually afford to keep doing that with her because they've got enough on raw at the top of the title picture that they can just kind of build her up um you know and for a while i mean i don't know like apparently they're gonna do something with her and Alicia Fox. That segment was an atrocity oh, later on. We haven't gotten to that. But, you know, they can afford to ki- kind of keep doing this with
1: Nia There's no rush with her to get her anywhere, I don't think. No, but, yeah, again, it's, it's like what we talked about at the beginning. Like, if you're watching the show and you get to the third hour, and w- this is in order what the third hour was. It was the old fart segment. Um, following that, you had Darren Young and Jinder Mahal. Oh, boy. You had um,
0: Braun Strowman to, and Sin Cara. The, Yeah, allow me to be the latest to vote for Darren Young,
1: Titus O'Neil, as worst feat of the year. Oh, God. I agree. Who, who possibly is interested in this at this it's point? It's the
0: opposite of the mega powers explode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Braun Strowman and Sin Cara. Um, then you had the Sasha segment, which we kind of discussed earlier. Um, and then finally, if you could stomach all of that, and you were watching live, you got Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at the very end. So, they had a pretty good match. Nothing like what they're capable of. I liked
0: the finish. The finish was good with
1: the ankle coming into play. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they've obviously had far better matches, but for a TV main event, it was decent. Um, So, it did close the show out on a a better note than the previous 45 minutes, but it was rough getting there.
0: I mean, if they would have just faded to black, it would have been better than the previous 45 minutes. Yeah.
1: So, that said, if I had to choose between Raw and SmackDown this week... I'm saying Raw's the better show still, just because of the first oh two hours. God. Just because of the first two hours. Yeah, uh, I, I thought SmackDown was like one of the worst SmackDowns of the brand split so far.
0: Again, I think it was just
1: uneventful. Just nothing important. Nothing. Well, going, no, this is it, a
0: go home show for a pay per view. Yeah, that, that was the problem. That it was yeah. it that. The problem was that backlash just does not feel important at all, and I'll say this: I think the Usos heel turn was the best thing on WWE TV this week.
1: Yeah, it was. I, I was. It was good. We've been talking about it for weeks. Needs to happen. Needs to happen. Yeah, finally and,
0: remember what I said about like, oh, there's sometimes when you know something's going to happen and it's still good, even though you know it's going to happen. That that was an example of that. Yeah, and um. I thought it was executed brilliantly, and it got over too. Like people were caring about the usos by the end of that show, when they cut that promo backstage, you could hear people uh, in the audience. Some people, of course, they, you know, this is like so typical. Unfortunately, WWE, you know, you have this floundering babyface act. You turn them into strong heels, and the people start cheering them, which is, you know, not what you want. Mm-hmm. But um, and there wasn't a huge cheer, but you, you could totally tell people, you know, they had a fire in their promo, and people were like, okay, the usos are meaningful again they're not just you know dancing around asking us to say oh when they say Oose, you know i mean it was it was really good and i liked too how they did that match in 30 seconds i really really liked that because it was it, it was different it was yeah i was surprised you know okay yes that they're capable yeah you're right okay well they're capable of giving a good match well that's what you get down the line i thought it was um a good impetus for the frustration to boil over with the Usos. Yeah. I thought that was, I thought that was really, really good. Yeah. That was well-written. I liked it. Um, The only issue I have, it was funny. I was my SmackDown review. I apologize. All you people out there was a little late getting out because I was just finishing kind of complaining about the narrative they'd created with the potential American alpha versus Heath slater final final when the news came down on Talking Smack that American Alpha had been taken out of the spot.
1: So this is kind of their push to get Heath Slater over all the way, yeah, I would well, assume. Here's the
0: thing. I wouldn't put him over the pay-per-view. I, I would absolutely put the Usos over as the tag team champions. Yeah, There's no doubt in my mind that in terms of longevity and ceiling, the Usos are a way better option. You, I mean, this company re on storylines all the time. You can find another way for Slater to get this contract. I just think that Slater and Rhino, you—that's just not a good op- First option as champions, I don't think. I mean, are they going to be like long-term champions? I think that would be weird. Yeah, because like to me, Usos and Alphas—that you know, okay, Alpha can come back and just want revenge, but you know, that's not as you know tantalizing, I suppose, as Alpha coming back and the Usos have kind of stolen their title opportunity and stolen the titles.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I think, I think that's the way to go, but I, the whole thing with what they did on talking smack is a little convoluted. No, you know how they've got, you know, they just took the two losers and now they're going to wrestle again. It like, you know, even Brian and, and Shane McMahon were like, yeah, this is kind of dumb, mm-hmm. but what else are we supposed to do?
1: Well, I don't get, you know, why does uh, the Hype Bros get another shot at it? Wouldn't you, th- wouldn't you think you just put the Usos in the finals? If the American yes. Alpha, because they've advanced to the semifinals. They didn't win, but then the team they lost to is out, so don't they automatically yeah. take their spot? This is somebody, again, who I think,
0: look, I think they can get to where they need to be, but I think someone outthought themselves here with this stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, because, you know, you and I last week raised a question like, well, this is weird that Alpha and Usos is a semi. Yeah. What are they going to do? Are they still going to do the heel turn? How does that matter? And, you know, again, they at least got themselves out of a situation where American Alpha would potentially get booed going opposite Heath Slater. I saw a couple people on Twitter bring that up, too. We had brought it up last week on the show, and that's a really smart move because that, that would have been a bad match to make, American Alpha versus Heath Slater and Rhino. Yeah. It would have been a bad, bad counterproductive match to make
1: yeah agree
0: so i at least think there'll it'll be more you know kind of natural heat with the usos because yeah they're gonna obviously squash the hype bros but um going against slater right now the thing is i just wouldn't you know a freshly turned team getting some heat just getting going i would not beat the usos at that show i would have them win the tag team titles and then just find another way for slater to earn the contract
1: I agree, kind of like with what you said, because then you've got the ready made match when American Alpha comes back. I think they're advertising what, like, it's a two to four week long kayfabe injury. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and you get the ready made match between the two. So it only makes sense. Um, and those will be good matches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So let's just whiz through SmackDown. I mean, we kind of, we, kinda, I guess we already. Talked about the women's segment at the beginning. That was rough. Yeah, I think mean, people could read my thoughts honestly, yeah. on the
0: whole show. So uh,
1: we, we talked about Apollo Crews already a little bit, but he wrestled the Miz. Miz won. Um, Miz is very good, by the way. People need
0: to realize that. People need to check their opinion on Miz at the door if they're not. De- like Miz, I get that he's not an, a great worker and he has his issues. And there have been times when he's been throughout his run where he's been portrayed very, very poorly. But he's doing a great
1: job right now. I get killed for this opinion all the time, (laughs) but I'm going to share it anyways. Uh, When he was the world champion going into that WrestleMania in Atlanta, uh, I actually kind of liked that run. It was just it it was a good change of pace. It was something different at the time when WWE TV was just like stale. Yeah, they didn't book
0: him very well once he was a champion. You know, he kind of got the every heel that's not Triple H treatment where he has to like, you know, where he like. Win where he's not really the focus of the show and he you know he's you know kind of wins in some you know and he's not in some weak way but yeah no he he actually was okay i i didn't
1: mind that at all he's a good heel he was i mean he's just buried on tv for years and years yeah well because
0: he's very hateable yeah i mean and then that's his job i mean he's not he's hateable in the sense that his character's hateable i mean he's not people you know i mean okay fine he's he may not be the most talented in the ring but he's he does his role very well. He's a very good professional wrestling heel.
1: I think we both can agree that SmackDown, as far as like ring work wise goes this week, was carried by the uh, women's match. The six six women yes. tag team match. I mean, that was by far the best match on the show.
0: It, it, it was, you know, it's I guess a good sign for the women. Um, We'll have to see when the ratings come in and they might tell different they might, you know, that might throw everything for a loop, but they were given the top of the hour segment and a lot of time and it had the right ending too, with Carmela making Nikki tap. Yeah, because that kind of continues that program and that's something they can go with one of the real keys with these um, divisions moving forward, whether it be the tag team or the women, they just can't make it where it's about a title match and nothing else like the title program and nothing else. If you want to have a division, you have to have other things going on. That's what ultimately killed the WCW cruiserweight division. I thought where, you know, when Kidman was the champion, it wasn't the cruiserweight division. It was the Kidman division. It was just, you know, Kidman would defend the title and against various people and no one else would do anything. So if you have a feud underneath the title program like Mickey and Carmella could be, that's a good thing, in my
1: opinion. Mm-hmm. So uh, we also have the Usos and American Alpha I already talked about that uh, We had that Bray Wyatt segment backstage with his match with Orton. Do you agree up. with me that like his delivery might be fine?
0: The content maybe is not bad, but it's just like, dude, you're going to lose eventually anyway. Stop it.
1: I just think he needs a major shakeup with the character. Yeah. The whole thing is just kind of how would you there. do the how would you do the match at Backlash, him and Orton? I feel like well, you, you would think like on the surface, Wyatt needs the win because well, Wyatt's needed to win like for a the long feud time. must continue. It yeah. Feel, like, you know, like they just kind of went to this
0: and there's been what three weeks in SummerSlam? And it's gonna be what, another four weeks to no mercy? Mm-hmm. It feels like this must this is something they're going to do something where it's got to continue.
1: Yeah, it's got to go like I'll, I'll fall.
0: I, I would do something to play into the SummerSlam finish where Wyatt looks to bust open, like reopen the staples. Okay. I don't know. if I mean, you know, only Lesnar gets, you know, blood in his matches, I guess. But, um, you know, I would do something with that
1: mm-hmm.
0: or maybe like a Shawn Michaels 95 thing where, he like, you know, Orton collapses or something like that. Can they play up some head injury?
1: I think that's a better option. I like
0: that. Okay. Yeah. I mean I, I think I think it's something where, yeah, Wyatt's kind of gotta get kind of a, a win. You know, you wanna keep Orton strong and not beat him in a way where people don't really like they're like, Oh well, he lost. Well you know, he lost clean. Who cares about a rematch? You know, I think you need to do something like that and then they're gonna probably work again at no mercy, I would assume.
1: Yeah. So uh yeah overall let's see anything else we haven't covered on the show well,
0: there is well it's
1: funny that is there anything else we haven't covered well, because the, dean the answer ambrose would segment. be yes the world
0: title <laughs> program which is not a good sign when we're asking oh is there anything else we haven't covered and the answer is yes the main event of the pay-per-view on sunday
1: well i tweeted out during the show like uh what did i say? saw that and
0: i meant to get in but i was furiously trying to finish the report
1: <laughs> something about you know everything that dean ambrose does i just don't care at all i mean some of it's dean ambrose some of it's the booking trying to be funny and failing which is not good i got a friend um who's a pretty big wrestling fan uh we went to wrestlemania together a few years back and he texts me during this segment and he's i'm not going to call out the guy in the air but he's (laughs) this is my friend micah and he had compared uh dean ambrose to this friend of ours from high school who was like The bumbling idiot in the group. He's like Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose just sounds exactly like this guy, and I'm like, perfect. It is what he sounds like. Why? It's just his segments don't make any sense, or they're just they don't make you care at all. They don't sell you on a match. Like the number one goal in pro wrestling is to get people interested in the match. I don't care because he comes across like he doesn't care. Yeah, you know, he was getting a little better with
0: the Ziggler. During that Ziggler feud, even if Ziggler wasn't maybe carrying his weight in that situation, but this has just been like—I thought the presentation—and I wrote this. This this fell into the what fell short portion of the SmackDown report last night that I did. I just hated everything about the build for this match tonight. Um, They had not not only did we have Goofy Ambrose again, where he's doing like wacky things with coffee and wacky things with the makeup girl but like those segments with AJ Styles where he was like bullying the production people I thought were terrible
1: yeah
0: you know some people I read online oh, they really liked him. they got I I just thought they were bad like okay yeah he's being a dick but like it wasn't like the segments just came across as so inauthentic and like so like just fake they were just not good like to me you know you have a guy who just beat John Cena at SummerSlam. You have a guy who a couple months ago beat Rollins and Reigns in a triple threat match. Why not push that? These are two guys on a roll, two guys on fire, serious title match. Instead of this like, you know, AJ, I'm still up, you know, nobody respects me around here. Well, you just beat John Cena, they should. Mm -hmm. You know, don't draw attention to that. If they don't respect you, then they're dumb. And then, you know, Ambrose, you're the, you know, he should be like, okay, this is, you know, you know, I did kind of like when he's like, "Oh, you beat John Cena, but you didn't beat me." That was like kind of the only good line of that segment.
1: Yeah, well, I feel pretty strongly on where this match needs to go. We'll talk about that here in just a minute when we give our backlash picks. But I think it's pretty obvious what has to be done.
0: <laughs> well, you, you know how on toprollpress.com dot com we do a who should win, who will win segment. Yeah, I have a bad feeling. There's going to be a dichotomy there in this bad, and I and I. Will completely agree with you on the who should win, but I got a bad feeling on the who will win.
1: I've decided, yeah, bad,
0: <laughs> bad feeling.
1: Should we go right into the backlash picks? Because that was the last segment on SmackDown, it was that, uh, yeah, face off. Sure. So let me pull up the card here. Um, there ain't
0: much to it. You got six whole matches, yeah. I'm so- wondering, I mean, it's not going to go two hours, but uh, you know, this will be kind of like old school. And by old school, um, I mean like the late 90s when I guess the pay-per-views are like only two and a half hours. I can't imagine this one's going past the top of, past 11 p.m.
1: Well, there's the problem is there's not even that many matches on the card where you're like, oh, yeah, give them 45 minutes. Like, yeah, I know. Which, which match do you want to see go 45 minutes? <laughs> yeah. Uh, not the women. So mm-hmm. Even though that's an elimination
0: match, so it will get time.
1: Oh, yeah. All right, so Orton and Bray Wyatt um, kind of alluded to this the other
0: yeah, I think I think Wyatt should win and probably will um, some sort of finish that leads to a rematch.
1: OK, I think so, too. I think Wyatt's it's winning. Uh, then we've got the as they're advertising the second chance tag team match where these two have a chance to get in the finals again. So we got the Usos against the Hype Bros. I think the Usos are going over. Yeah, that
0: there's there just should be no debating that it should be a squash. Well, I don't think it could be a squash because you may need to use the Hype Bros down the line.
1: And then we got the six pack challenge for the first ever SmackDowns women's champions. You got Nikki Bella, Becky Lynch, Carmella, Natalia, Alexa Bliss, and Naomi. I'm going Becky Lynch. I would also go Becky Lynch
0: there. She. All right, let's do this. Who could win? Let's be real. Not, not just who we kind of want to or who, you know, we would pick. Who are the realistic choices for this? We can eliminate Naomi. We can eliminate Alexa. We can eliminate Natty. I can't
1: imagine I'm putting on Carmella. Yeah, I can't either. That'd be bad. I I think Nikki and Becky are the only real possibilities.
0: Yeah, and I think that because Nikki and Carmella have the feud going, that gives them something to do outside of the title program. Mm -hmm. And you could have Becky defend against, you know, Alexa and Natty for the next couple weeks until, you know, we get the glorious return of Eva Marie.
1: (laughs) Who's on vacation in her suspension filming Total Divas.
0: Yes. Don't you think? I mean, you know, I was trying to talk myself into maybe another option there, but I just don't know if I can. I mean, you're right. Nikki Bella always, they think she's maybe the big star, so maybe they go with her. But I just, eh, I think the crowd kind of really wants Becky, and that would be the
1: right option. If they wanted a heel champion... I think uh, I thought Alexa was decent this week. As as bad as that segment was to open the show, I thought she was okay. She's not bad, but I just don't think she's ready for that position. No. If you want, if you want to do a heel champion
0: on SmackDown, then Eva Marie is actually your option. I'm not even being facetious there.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but I, uh, out of the the women in this match, if if they wanted to go heel, I would probably go with her over Natalia just oh. to change it up.
0: Yeah, I, I just I just think it would feel like. Um, I'm going to bring up kind of a dated reference here. Remember when DDP won the, world ti- the WCW world title uh, at Spring Stampede 98 or 99?
1: Was that the was first that- time he won it?
0: Yes. Yeah. It was a four-way. Yeah. It was against, he was like in there with Hogan, Flair, and another big star whose name is escaping me. It might have been Sting. Yeah. And Rick, and Savage was the referee. And I remember I was with a buddy, like watching with a buddy who was like only had kind of gotten into wrestling that year. And he's like, oh, man, you know, this is kind of cool. Like, you know, any of these guys could win except DDP. And then like DDP <laughs> won. <laughs> it's like I kind of feel like that's with like Alexa Bliss. It's like, OK, it would win and be like, oh, Alexa Bliss won. And then you're like, oh, Alexa Bliss won. You know, it's like it'd be a surprise, but I don't think it would be. You know, I, I just don't think she's ready. That's, that's not to you know demean her in any way. I think she's fine. I just don't think her as the champion works right now.
1: And let's see next match. We've got the finals of the tag team tournament. I would, I'm picking the Usos there just because it makes sense with the American alpha angle. Yeah.
0: And I just think, I think it would get them over even more as heels too. not just after injuring alpha, sneaking their way in and, uh, costing Heath Slater, his chance at a contract. I think that would get them
1: over nicely as heels.
0: Yeah. I think you got something to work with there.
1: Yeah. Uh, I see title match, Miz and Ziggler.
0: That's Miz and a lie. There is no justification for Dolph Ziggler winning that
1: match. No, Ziggler's character is all over the place right now.
0: Oh, he, just... he was awful on commentary. I yeah. wrote it. It was, it was, it was one of those things where he's like trying to detract from the match. Like when these guys are out there, um, you know, they could, you're right. All over the place is kind of the results when you, they bring somebody out there to do commentary during a match. God, he was, he was like the most unsympathetic baby face ever. He was like complaining about people on Twitter and stuff like that. It was, Just very bad. I hope they're going heal with them or something because this he's in a dead end right now.
1: Could have said that for the last five years. Yeah, yeah, true. And then uh, the main event, of course, Ambrose defending against AJ in the WWE title match. I feel very strongly that AJ should win. However, just like you, I think you also feel AJ should win. Yep,
0: there's no doubt about that.
1: But if Miz is going over. Um, if the Usos are winning, are they going to have, at least on the male side, another heel win? I, I don't know. Well, that's I don't a funny
0: know. way to look at it, because I actually have a similar but slightly different way to look at it. So they're crowning a new tag team champion, right? Yeah. They're crowning a new women's champion, right? Are you they don't... going to crown? An, that's going to be like three new champions coming out of one show. That seems like a lot.
1: Well, it's supposed to be the new era.
0: Yeah, but I the, the, I think our points are both well taken and they kind of mean the same thing. It's that Dean Ambrose is going to
1: retain for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has not been the best title run for Dean Ambrose. Yeah, I, I just hope they
0: got. Are they going to go to like some horrible non finish here? I could see that
1: because yeah. you can't beat AJ Styles. I just, I still feel Ambrose has to be heel, but I, you yeah, know, like you said last week, they put so much into developing this heel styles character that I don't see a double switch happening. Yeah. But at the same time, man, Ambrose as a face is just, it's not going anywhere. He gets a good reaction, like a decent reaction, but it's got less and less. And I, now it's almost to like the uh, don't care portion of the mm-hmm. uh, scale. I just, so,
0: yeah, I, I just, I really think that this is going to be a terrible non-finish that builds some sort of gimmick match at no mercy. And then then Styles will win the title. Yeah, you're probably right there. I just just don't see them. You know, I think they're going to want to spotlight the new women's champion, the new tag team champion. So I don't think they're also going to have a new world champion, which is
1: too much change for WWE.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense to a degree, but man, I don't like it
1: uh last thing i did want to mention really quickly uh saturday night we also have cm punk making his mma debut in cleveland in Cleveland. are you going to be at the show kyle i am not i'll try to listen i'll try to sneak in it's right down the road yeah so uh he's facing mickey gall in his first mma match uh, punk's first mma match so who do you got not cm punk (laughs) i think the odds are
0: it would be awesome if he won just because uh like i could not imagine the promo he would he could potentially cut on vince mcmahon afterwards although i I feel with all the law with all the lawyers involved in that he might not do that yeah i think uh
1: go ahead sorry go ahead i I i think he's got a he doesn't have a very good chance to win. I think yeah, everything I've heard about him and his training is, is he's just not at the point to win a match like this. Yeah,
0: a lot of people were criticizing how he looked in the, in the sparring sessions. I, I saw that, too, on Twitter. People were like, well, boy, this, this does not bode well. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting, though, because he, he, they're really building that show around him. Oh, yeah. Uh, locally, it's about Steve. I mean, Steve Bay's from Cleveland, um, so locally he'll be the big draw. But nationally, I think CM Punk is kind of what people are talking about. So that's
1: I had a they had a commercial for it. Was it? I saw. It, I think during Raw. I can't remember if SmackDown last night. I think during. No, they Raw did have sure. it during Raw. Yeah, they yeah. did have it during Raw. So, yeah, they're they're trying to get the WWE audience in, and yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll talk about it on the show next week. What, what were you gonna ask me a minute ago? Um, that's a good point.
0: Otherwise, CM Punk. So, oh, that's right. What did you make of Punk saying that McMahon, I guess it seems predictable, was bankrolling the lawsuit against him, which was presumably uh, the defamation lawsuit from the appearance on Art of Wrestling with Cole Cabana.
1: So that's coming from the WWE's doctor, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm, that I, mean, makes I wouldn't sense. be surprised it's like, McMahon's employee. Yeah, I mean, that, that is <laughs> why true. Not?
0: When he said that, like, it wasn't like a Peter Thiel situation. That wouldn't be quite as devious as that. Yeah. Although Peter Thiel really did have kind of a, If I was him, I kind of would be pissed at Cocker, too. But I'm a real spiteful person. so.
1: (laughs) Well, on that note, guys, we are out of time. Thank you all out there for listening this week. Like I say every week, go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a rating on there. The more ratings we have, the higher up we will rank on iTunes. So help us out. We think. I, I guess we're getting a lot of listeners. I think. Yeah, we. we that, uh, the numbers are looking really good. So hopefully, you guys keep tuning in. And uh, like I said last week, we're going to be recording Wednesday afternoons from now on. So you can look for these shows Wednesday night or Thursday morning on your drive or commute to work. And other what a than great that,
0: way to start your day.
1: Oh yeah, Top Rope Nation will start your day off on the right track. So check us out on iTunes. Check us out on Topropepress dot Podbean stitcher you can find us everywhere we will also have a pretty awesome t-shirt that i am looking forward to my buddy tim is designing a logo Aww. for a t-shirt for us for the podcast that i think you guys are all going to want to check out it's going to be on pro wrestling tees here within a couple of weeks so kyle i'll make sure to send you one well thank you <laughs> i will wear that t-shirt i love the. i love the top rope press t-shirts very comfortable we do have three shirts already for sale for the website so you check that out at prowrestlingtees.com slash top rope press with that being said i'm ryan Drosty. this is my co-host kyle ross and we will catch you all next week